بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to this week's edition of the program called Al-Fiqh ala al-Madhahib al-Arba'a That is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought I'm your host Muhammad Musa Bera And with me in the Johannesburg studios is Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah Mufti Saab Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah, the past few months we've been discussing the issue of nikah. We carry on with the issue of nikah today And we talk this time about the wedding night Mufti Sahib, we go to the first question and it reads, What is the wedding night called? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. First and foremost, we need to understand that Islam is a code of life and a comprehensive guidance, whether it be occasions of joy or happiness. Here we find the wedding night. A special name in Islam is kept for that, and it is called Zifaf. Zifaf comes from the word Zaffa, Zafa, which means when the two parties come together. So Layla to Zifaf would be the term that we use in Islam for the wedding night. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. Mufti Sahib, is there any special salah for the wedding night? Definitely, Nabi alayhi salatu salam, the sahabas, all of them spoke about this, that when a person gets married, and that normally happens once or twice in a person's lifetime, depending that if a person gets a second wife or third wife, but normally we find that it happens once in a lifetime. It is a special night as far as that person is concerned. And the Quran teaches us, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِسْوَبْرِ salat That seek the divine assistance through patience and through salat. And we find the hadith mentioned in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba. We find the same hadith mentioned in Tabarani and in Musannaf Abdul Razak. So in various compilations we find this hadith on the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an. And he says, قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, that Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم said, إِذَا دَخَلَتِ الْمَرْأَةُ عَلَى زَوْجِهَا That when the wife enters by her husband, meaning now they are in seclusion, in privacy, يَقُومُ rajul. So the person, the husband should go in front, and his wife should be at the back. They should both read Salat together. So meaning the husband should be the Imam, the wife should be the one following him. She should not stand on the side, rather she would stand on the back. And if they cannot read it together, maybe the husband does not know the surahs very well, or he feels shy, or whatever the reason might be, then they could read the two rakat salat individually. And in that salat, the dua he would read at that time, Allahumma barik li fi ahli, O Allah, the spouse of mine, you give me barakah regarding him. So the husband would say so, the wife would say so, and it shows that when we start this foundation of marriage on the right step, then definitely this, this construction, this edifice would be a very strong one. We all say that the Bismillah should be correct, but today it's said, but true again, that most of us, that, you know, on a lighter note, once I spoke about uh, the wedding night, the adab and etiquettes, so a person came to me and told me that uh, no person taught them this when they were young. So I told him jokingly, that why don't you get married a second time and you can do it the proper way. But we see that we find
find today. We do not learn these issues and therefore we find so many times our families and our family structures are so, or the family itself is so dysfunctional. So what happens is we need to learn these duas. Allahumma barik li fi ahli. Oh Allah, give me baraka regarding the spouse of mine. Wa barik li ahli fiya. And give baraka to my wife regarding me. So it's not a one-way thing. It is both ways. So we ask Almighty Allah that I be good for her and she be good for me and you grant both of us baraka for one another. So this is what Nabi alayhi salatu salam taught us regarding the wedding night and we should try and read this salat before the husband and wife meet. Jazakallah Mufi Sahib. Mufi Sahib, tell us, is there any other supplications to read for the wedding night? Yes, definitely there are many, many supplications. When a person then studies Nabi alayhi salatu salam's ahadith, we find that Nabi alayhi salatu salam taught us that whenever we purchase something, so whether it is a car or whether it is an animal or whatever, then we are supposed to make the dua and ask Almighty Allah for goodness. Therefore, even on the wedding night, and there's a clear-cut hadith, Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, إِذَا تَزَوَّجَ أَحَدُكُمْ إِمْرَأَةً Did any one of you marry? now, now you have your wife Awishtara Khadima, or you bought someone, meaning that to serve you in those days where to buy slaves so take فَلْيَأْخُذْ بِنَاسِيَتِهَا so hold the four locks, hold the forehead, and there what will you read that you say Bismillah first you read, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and وَلْيَقُولْ then you make dua, Allahumma inni as'aluka min khayriha wa khayri ma jabaltaha alay oh Allah all the good that is in this female in this wife of mine now so Allah you give me that good and all the good that you have put into her and placed into her as a natural disposition ma jabaltaha alay so that also you give good to me wa a'udhu bika min sharriha wa sharri ma jabaltaha alay and oh Allah all the evil that is in her I seek your protection and all all the evil she might be inclined towards. So that also I seek your protection. And this hadith here of Nabi alayhi salatu salam is mentioned in Muslim Ahmad and is mentioned in various other compilations as well. And Bukhari also has mentioned it. Abu Dawood also has mentioned. So it shows that we have various books that they have spoken about this hadith here. And when we speak about this wedding night, then the husband should take the wife's hair and then sprinkle some water as well and read this du- Similarly, you can read the Quranic dua Inni u'idhuha Bika wa dhurriyataha min ash-shaytan rajim Oh Allah, this is a special lady She's my spouse, she's my wife I seek your protection And the awlad and progeny and offspring That will emanate from her I seek that protection, Ya Allah, that you protect them Min ash-shaytan rajim From the accursed, the shaytan, the accursed Similarly, the wife will do that for the husband And she would then take the water Sprinkle it for the husband And then read the dua Allahumma inni as'aluka min khairi he, now the pronoun would change from a heart to he, because the wife is now doing it for the husband Oh Allah, I seek all the good in this husband here and all the natural good that you have placed in him and all the evil that is in him, Oh Allah, I seek your protection, if we do not know it in Arabic, we can make the dua in English or any other language, that's fine, dua's purpose is to read and 
to beg Almighty Allah and not just to read it parrot fashion, but rather to beg and supplicate to Almighty Allah. So thus far it shows that we have two adabs or two etiquettes already. One is the salat that should be performed and one if the lady maybe is not clean, then at least she can read the dua. So the second one would be this dua where we beg Almighty Allah for goodness and protect, protection from the shaitan because the shaitan is our enemy and at all times, all places, you wish with Sufi Suduri Nas, he will always try and bring about and instigate some form of suspicion, doubt, evil. He would not want that marriage to be enhanced and grow from strength to strength. Quran has made this clear. The aim of shaitan is to cause division, divorce, destruction in the marriage. In Sahih Muslim, it is mentioned that when the Iblis, the big, big shaitan, gets together with his cronies, then he asks the small ones, what have you done? The one says, that person, I made him eat interest, I made that person murder, I made that person commit fornication, adultery. Says, you didn't do something very big. Then the one shaitan comes, he says, I caused divorce and I caused you know, separation between this person and his wife. Says, come here by me. And he embraces him. So it shows how satisfied and gratified he feels that is the shaitan. So when we take these checks and balances, prophetic prescriptions, then definitely we have started our marriage on a solid foundation and inshallah that will prosper into a long, long time. Not of honeymoon only, but uh, we will speak about honeymoon later on, but a uh, long, long the periods of happiness, joy and prosperity. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib for that explanation. Mufti Sahib, is there a gift or something that the husband should give the wife or vice versa? 100% again we go to the hadith mentioned in Muslim Ahmad and we take Nabi alayhi salatu salam's uh, example. He's the role model for us at all times and all places. Yeah, the master Nabi alayhi salatu salam marries Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and Asma bint Yazid radiallahu anha is the rawiya, the reporter and she narrates inni qannaytu Aisha I beautified as Aisha radiallahu anha meaning that I made her wear the nice clothes and I put for comb the hair, oil did everything li rasulillah sallallahu sallam so this is Asma bint Yazid telling us what she did for Nazat Aisha radiallahu anha thumma ji'ituhu, then I went to Nabi alayhi sallallahu sallam and I called him for da'atuhu, li jalwatiha, see this is your bride, this is your wife, Siddiqa, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha. Obviously, Hazrat Aisha, she's the only virgin wife of Nabi alayhi sallallahu salam. Shame, modesty was their forte. Fajaa, Nabi sallallahu came. Fajalasa ila jambiha. He sat right by the side of Hazrat Aisha. It is his wife now, Siddiqa. Then she says, Fakhafatu, Fautiya, she says, Biusi Labanin. So I brought a big container of milk and for Shariba, Nabi alayhi sallallahu salam. Then drank from there. Thumma na walaha an Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi sallam. Then Hazrat Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam, after drinking the milk from the container, gave it to Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha. And what she did was, Fakhafadad ra'asaha. She just placed her head down, meaning out of extreme shame and modesty. And wastahyad, that she had so much shame. So that Asma says, due to her shyness, call it Asma. Asma says, Fantahartuha. I even criticized and rebuked her. I told her, oh Aisha, drink from there. Then for Sharibat Shay'an, she drank a little bit. Thumma qala laha an Nabiyu sallallahu sallam. Nabi sallallahu sallam told her, give it to other people, meaning your friends. So here we learn a great lesson. What is the lesson? At the time of the marriage, when the nikah is being solemnized, at that time the husband pays the mahar. 
I mentioned this before as well. People ask why should we pay mahar. So simple answer is no pay, no play. So what happens is we paid the mahar. But now most of the time the husbands think that now they have paid. So now everything is fine. No. Nabi Salam is showing us to use the colloquial term to break the ice. Now that husband and wife, now just now you would be in your total privacy. So at that time also, oh husband, give your wife a gift. So Nabi Salam took this milk and gave Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. So we call this mulatafatu zoja, that how you become so compassionate, kind and polite to your wife and you break in the eyes, she must feel very comfortable after all for her as well. It is such a special day in her life. It is not that Allah forbid she will get married every year or something so there Nabi is showing again his akhlaq your akhlaq was so sublime and lofty and oh Nabi exalted so yeah again Nabi showed the ummah and said the precedent now in our day if you don't take milk you take a box of chocolates or you take some small gift and you give it to your wife this is beside the mahar and the marital gift the dowry the people call is not a good translation marital gift is a better translation so beside that we give that to the wife and this is again reviving the sunnah of the master Nabi Jazakallah Muftisa for that explanation. If you just join us, the program is called Al-Fiqh Al-Madahib Al-Arba'ah, that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. And today we're discussing the wedding night. Muftisa, is it essential to consummate the marriage on the wedding night? In Islam, we must remember that Islam says that marriage is a way to procreation. Islam says when a husband and wife fulfill their conjugal rights, that also is an act of ibadat. So it is not something dirty. It is not something filthy. When we do it the right way and there is no haram involved, then falaka ajrun, you get reward in it. When it is done with a girlfriend, boyfriend in haram ways, then definitely alayka wizrun, this is a burden, a calamity, a major, major sin upon a person. So this is the beauty we need to present and teach people about. But it does not mean that now this person feels that now he must consummate this marriage and that wife is so uncomfortable because most instances she is the virgin so she has not experienced anything of this nature. So we would say if it can be done easily, fine, but there is no must or compulsion about it. And there are reasons for that. Maybe the wife is in a menses and therefore it's always good to consult with the wife when you want to have the nikah so that the husband does not have to wait for the red flag to finish because there could be problems for him that now he is having so many expectations and suddenly he comes there to the anticlimax for him so therefore it is in the interest of the wife also or her family they, they could inform him they'd rather have the nikah next week instead of this week and he can understand the reasoning being that she is in a menses so that could be one reason why the marriage could not be consummated second one is and just to mention on this point some people think that today is a marriage then tomorrow is Walima, then that marriage must be consummated that night, that's incorrect. So once the husband and wife have gone into privacy and they have spent time together, that is sufficient and after that you can have the uh, Walima. So anyway, we would discuss Walima in a separate program, but that was this one point of importance. Another thing is that many a time the husband himself also has problems. So in Islam we're speaking of an ideal society, a utopian society, where both of them are virgins 
And what happened is that now he himself might not be able to consummate it because, you know, the word pain or because of the inexperience. So therefore, Islam would not say that you must do it the first night. You can do it first night, second night, first week, second week, whenever you are comfortable with it. And after all, it should be done lovingly, caringly. It is not done something that, you know, that people say you got your butcher's license and just start cutting up. Obviously, it is not that. So what we do is that marriage is Quran. And he said this, You live with them with equity. So when you live with them with equity, so everything should be done based on love, on لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So that she is a source of your peace, serenity and tranquility as well. Jazakallah Mutisa for that explanation. Mutisa, before fulfilling the conjugal rights, is there any dua that a person should read? This is the beauty of Islam and you know it is so sad but true again that today people have to go to marriage counselors, people have to go read books about conjugal rights and what some kafir wrote. So Islam, Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, that send a rasul before husband and wife meet, you know, fulfill the conjugal rights. So look at the words of the hadith. Sahabas ask, Mar rasulu ya Rasulullah. What is that rasul, that messenger we must send? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-Qublatu wal-Kalam. That first they should be kissing, first you should be speaking. So husband-wife relationship also is not something that is just, you know, like the kafir say, bang, wham, thank you, ma'am. We don't believe in that, actually. Islam teaches us something pure, something great. And what is that? Islam teaches us that first you read a dua. So again, today if you ask, you put a hundred parents, 80% of them are complaining of the parents. But as the parents, when they were fulfilling their conjugal rights, did they ever dream or think of reading these du'as? You will find, no, most of them didn't read it. Nabi alayhi salatu salam taught us the du'a, and what did he say? We need to read the du'a and know the benefit of it. And the hadith is mentioned in Bukhari, mentioned in Muslim, mentioned in Tabarani. So many kitabs have mentioned it. Then Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, Bismillah, recite Bismillah. Whenever we do an action that's permissible, we take Allah's name. Allahumma jannibna shaitan. Oh Allah, you protect and save us from the shaitan. Wa jannibi shaitan amaradaktana. Oh Allah, save us from the shaitan, from whatever you give us. So our children also are protected. Now therefore, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when the couple read this, and that was now the reason why the wife conceived, Lam yadurru shaitanu abada, that shaitan would not cause harm to this child at all. No, now, no in the future. Imagine, Lam yadurruhu a shaitanu abada. So Nabi alayhi salam is saying, as mentioned in Bukhari, as mentioned in Abu Dawood, mentioned in Tabarani, that the shaitan would not cause harm to this person, to this child. But we were the partners, the partners were today so engrossed in their last passion and desire, where do they think of reading dua? So that is one failing of ours. Then you kiss, then you speak, and speaking obviously, you're not going to speak about salat now. In Islam, there are things that you speak about, there's a time and place and occasion for everything. Nabi Ali Sam taught us that also. So there is time for everything in Islam. So now you speak to your wife about love, you speak to your wife about how beautiful she is, and similarly she must return the compliment and in that way both of you read the dua so today what they speak about foreplay is not something new Nabi salam never mind speaking of foreplay he spoke about foreplay he spoke about the conjugal rights he spoke about afterplay also not that we fulfill our conjugal rights and thereafter we just go and sleep like a baby no even after that you are supposed to make sure that your wife is also gratified and satisfied 
Jazakallah Mufti Sab for that explanation. Mufti Sab, what must the couples abstain from during the wedding night? Yes, the couples, you see, what we need today is that Abdullah, that slave of Almighty Allah, must behave and act and think like a Muslim. And that Amatullah also has to behave and act and think like a Muslim. Now take a normal couple today, Muslim couple obviously we speak about. We will find that more than 50%, so we're speaking about a majority, that wedding night they would land up in some resort, they would land up in a hotel. We know of examples, Allah forbid, where people have gone on the wedding night to casinos. Now when a Muslim couple, you suffer from that complex, a special night in your life, you started in such a place where the wrath, anger, lana and curse of Almighty Allah is descending. You don't even know which direction is Qibla, let alone about Salat. So what do we expect from a marriage like that? So therefore we need to understand, and it is a duty of the parents, whether it's father-in-law, mother-in-law, whoever, you need to apply a bit of pressure on your son, on your daughter, and you the husband, where's your brains gone to and intelligence gone to? You are the one who should make the decision. So where are you going to spend your wedding night? Now what happens is, because the whole day we are watching Hollywood, Bollywood, and we go into a world of fantasy, so we feel that now our own bedroom, our own home, that is not good enough. Subhanallah, what can we say about Quran? Quran says, Wallahu ja'ala lakum min buyutikum sakana. Almighty Allah has made your homes a source of sukoon, of peace, of tranquility. Allah says that He has made your nikah, وَمِنْ آيَاتِي أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Your nikah is a source of sukoon, of peace and tranquility. Your night, Allah has made it. Look at how all of them just fit in like a glove with one another. وَمِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ جَعَلَ لَكُمُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ لِتَسْكُنُوا فِيهِ Allah has made that night for out of His mercy so that you find sukoon in that. Look at your home. Look at your marriage, look at the night, and each one you find one common thread, and that is the sukoon, the peace, the tranquility. And look at the dhikr of Allah. Allah, bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. If you remember Almighty Allah, then the hearts will find that peace, tranquility. So now that Muslim or Muslimah behaves like an actor, an actress, they want to go into the fantasy world. When they come to the real world, then they find that now they are just harming the egos of one another. They are just, you know, not uh, compatible to one another because we started our marriage on a false premise and that is why when we come to the real life, then we find that things are not working out. Jazakallah Mufti Sab. Mufti Sab, what about the couple sleeping immediately after ceremonial impurity? Yes, this is a very important question for a newly wedded couple and likewise it is very important for people who are married as well for many, many years. When a couple fulfill their conjugal rights, must they take wudu immediately? No, it's not necessary. Nabi said, إِذَا أَتَى أَحَدُكُمْ أَهْلَهُ When any one of you go to your wife, meaning you fulfill your last passion desires, ثُمَّ أَرَادَ أَيَّعُودُ Now maybe you want to fulfill your last another time, فَلْ يَتَوَدَّعْ بَيْنَهُمَا وُذُوءَ It's better you make wudu. 
So the wudu can mean a full wudu like we perform for salat. Obviously the wudu is not beneficial. You can't go read salat, but it reduces the quantity of najasa. So the wudu could mean a full wudu. Or it means the person just washes his private part after going to the toilet, which normally we should do. And he just washes his hands, goggles his mouth. So it means in Islam, the best thing to do is that you have options. One is you could bath immediately, or you could take a wudu, complete wudu, after toilet. Or you could just wash your hands, goggle your mouth. And if a person does not do anything, and he just sleeps, so that also is permissible, provided that for the time that person is up and reading salat on time, not that you fulfill conjugal rights and then we wake up after sunrise and we must in any first salat in that period, then obviously the curse of Almighty Allah Azza descends on such people. Jazakallah Muftisab. Muftisab, is the honeymoon permissible in Islam? Is honeymoon permissible in Islam? Yes, what happens is that, you know, again, a case of where we find the Muslim is suffering from an inferiority complex. And first of all, a honeymoon. Uh, did you ever wonder, think about this word, honeymoon? It's two words. What happened is that Mr. A married Mrs. X and now they went to the resort, they went to the beachside and now they looked at the full moon, for example. So the husband told his wife, honey, look, there is the moon there and now they call it honeymoon. So that is what they mean. So they mean that now you want to go to some special place and now you want to share that life of fantasy where every person wants to fulfill the desire of each partner, the husband, the wife, the wife, the husband. So in Islam we say there's no honeymoon of one week, two weeks. Oh husband, you need to fulfill your wife's rights throughout the marriage. And oh wife, you need to teach, fulfill the rights of the husband. So in Islam is the honeymoon. We say the honeymoon is from time of death right till the time you die. That is the honeymoon in Islam. Not that now we put on a false picture. Now my akhlaq and character did one week is the best. The wife is at her month condition. And after the one week, two weeks, then our true qualities come forward and that obviously that is now nifaq is hypocrisy Allahumma inni a'udhu becoming a nifaq wa shiqaq oh Allah I seek your protection from hypocrisy from causing this uh, dissension and discord wa suil akhlaq again look at how they all tie up and bad character so we'll find in this honeymoon all three things are found there we have found that nifaq we're putting on a show and that wife now is trying to put up a show. The husband is trying to put up a show. And then shikak. And then the first argument happens when they're back home. They want to break up. So then that is shikak. And wasuil akhlaq, the bad character. So no, Islam does not allow it. But if the husband wife want to go for a holiday or they want to go for umrah or for hajj, we're not going to say no. But the mentality of ours, that must change. And not go and imitate the kuffar in these ideas and concept of theirs. When they speak of honeymoon, they lose shame, haya, everything. You know what happens on the beaches. You know there's no salat and all that. So what Muslims are speaking about. So normally... So that is what happens. So we need to eradicate and remove all that. And if you go for holiday, it's fine. There's no problem. Jazakallah Mutisab. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today on the program. Al-Fiqh al-Madahib al-Arba. Jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. From myself, Muhammad Musa Bera, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. It's Fiyamanillah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.